Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, and this is our transfer portal blowout finishing touch uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, as you will. Uh, the final transfer ratings are out. The final transfer rankings are out. Guys are on campus, so it feels like the perfect time to put a bow on this transfer class. Uh, if you've been on 24-7 uh, in the last week or so, uh, you'll see that there have been stories about the top 24-7 transfers, uh, guys in the top 25, uh, some of the biggest jumps players made, uh, drops players had, uh, and also a breakdown uh, of the rosters as far as new players coming from the transfer portal and the high school recruiting class and how much that makes up the total roster for this season. We will get to all of that, but first we are going to have another quick rundown of this transfer class, all 26 players. Uh, so it's a lot to keep track of. We will work uh, backwards actually with the most recent transfer, and that is Corey Roberson defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Uh, he's a guy, this is a reunion with Coach Thibodeau. Um, he's from the Houston area, went to Manville High, was at Oklahoma for four years. Uh, didn't play last year, but has 26 games with four starts to his name. Um, this is another veteran piece, uh, you know, 6'3", 285, a big guy, uh, probably going to fit in nicely uh, on the two deep on the interior um, you know just another nice veteran piece that they've brought in uh, that's going to mix well with the rest of the veteran pieces um, he should have a leg up coming in even though he wasn't here in the spring uh, just being a guy that has been around coach Dibido and his style of coaching and his style of play um and, uh, you know, a guy that's been in college for four years but is going to have a couple years left uh, here at SMU. Uh, just kind of a nice uh, nice addition. Obviously, there was the little uh, near miss when he committed to Arizona State. Uh, still took another visit to TCU. Uh, ended up decommitting uh, and committing to SMU to create that reunion. Uh, then, obviously, uh, the crown jewel of this transfer class, receiver Jordan Hudson, transferring from TCU. Uh, obviously, if you followed SMU football for uh, a couple years, you know the Jordan Hudson story. He was a big get uh, for the Mustangs as a four-star receiver out of Garland High. Uh, and then, as the coaching change rumor uh, mill churned, he decommitted and then committed to TCU following Sonny Dykes and some other pieces of the staff there. Uh, he played in 14 uh, games this season for the Horn Frogs, 174 yards on 14 catches with three touchdowns. Um, and he is now back where he originally committed with the SMU Mustangs, uh, a top 25 uh, transfer piece, four-star transfer um, adding to an already deep wide receiver room for him. It'll be about learning the playbook. It will be about, uh, getting in a rhythm with Preston stone, but I imagine, 
uh, with his skill set, you'll see him rise on the depth chart and be on the field quite a bit for this team. Then you have an interesting one in Texas State tight end Micah Hiltz. Uh, he's from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Went to Tech, uh, went to Texas State as a receiver and had a pretty solid true freshman year, 174 yards and a touchdown. They move him to tight end and then just kind of stopped using him the last couple years. Um, but he's got a great size at 6'5", 255. Um, he's a guy that they can move around, can move him into the backfield to play that H-back kind of position. Um, obviously, as a former receiver, can run routes and catch the ball. Uh, just a nice quality addition, um, I think, to that tight end room and what they can do. Uh, you know, R.J. Maryland had a breakout year last year. He's gotten bigger, but he's still developing. You have Nolan Matthews-Harris that you like, but he's had some injuries. You also have Cam Allen, uh, who transferred from Michigan State uh, last year. Um, but I think Mike is a guy who can come in and, and can probably pick up and play uh, right away for this group. You know, uh, in an offense that likes to use tight ends, that likes to go fast, you kind of need a a handful of guys that can rotate through. Uh, that's big. It's also big to maybe not force uh, any of those true freshmen, uh, three tight ends signed um, in too early uh, and maybe let them develop a little bit. Uh, and that's what Micah provides for you there. Uh, up next, another TCU transfer uh, from the area in Kyron Chambers. Uh, from South Oak Cliff that that's been a little bit of a, a nice pipeline uh, for SMU over the last couple years uh, got into five games last year as a true freshman for the Horn Frogs um, is gonna come in with three years uh, of eligibility was a big recruit um, number 43 cornerback in the country uh, He's going to be a guy uh, in a deep cornerback room now. You know, there, there are going to be a lot of a lot of cornerbacks mentioned uh, on this episode, and um, you know he'll have to figure some things out with not being there this spring. Uh, but depth is is never a bad thing, especially in the secondary, uh, and not just depth, but quality depth. Uh, and I think that's what Chambers brings in. Uh, we'll kind of see in the fall how. Uh, these guys rotate. Um, there was some pretty good rotation uh, in the spring. There's a really nice mix of uh, some quality returning along with a lot of quality brought in uh, that, uh, you know, forced some guys into the transfer portal uh, that were on the roster last year and that saw a lot of playing time last year. Uh, so this is going to be a revamped group, and uh, Chambers is going to be a, a big part of that. Um, another nice get with a lot of uh, eligibility remaining is Caleb Johnson, uh, offensive tackle from uh, Notre Dame. Uh, spent two years there, um, redshirted as a true freshman, uh, got a tiny bit of playing time last year, uh, so he'll have three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, solid size at about 6'6", 295. Um, he's a guy that with, um, 
just depth at tackle. I think um, there is a lot of interior lineman depth uh, with the group that they have right now. And I think with uh, adding Johnson, uh, you add that to the tackle side with a guy that's been in a college program, even though he hasn't necessarily seen a ton of playing time. You know, he's been in a college program like Notre Dame for a couple of years. You know, he was a four-star recruit. Uh, you know, he was the number 42 player uh, in the state of Florida in his recruiting class. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, has a really high ceiling um, and can come in, can contribute from the start, uh, probably as a uh, backup uh, to begin things with some veteran guys kind of holding down those uh, starting spots right now. Uh, but certainly... Uh, adding a piece like that is is nice for uh, Garen Justice and and that group, but the on the offensive line, I mentioned it before. A lot of cornerbacks. Another one coming home, Keyshawn Mills from Colorado, uh, spent his true freshman season in Boulder. He's from Little Elm. Um, you know, was kind of part of that purge that Deion Sanders uh, had when he took that program over and that mass exodus of transfer players uh, leaving. Uh, he didn't play, so he's going to have four years of eligibility left. Um, and uh, just a guy that I think maybe is a little more of a developmental piece uh, for this team right now, just with the amount of depth that they have at cornerback. Um, I'm not sure that he breaks into the two deep right now, but he's definitely a guy, you know, at 6'1", 175, is tall, uh, will have that ability to defend on the edge. Um, you know, had a had a strong season, senior season at Little Elm. Um, and as a guy that I think you'll see uh, over the years develop uh, under uh, Coach Hunley uh, at the cornerback position. Uh, another defensive lineman for Coach Tibbs, uh, is Cam Robertson from UNT. Uh, he was on the Conference USA All-Freshman team, played in all 14 games for the Mean Green last season as a true freshman out of Plano High. Um, this is a nice piece, 6'4", 238. He's an edge, um, can get to the quarterback, uh, had five quarterback hurries last season. Uh He's a guy, he can rack up some tackles a little bit. Um, I think they'd probably like to see his sack numbers get a, a little uh, beefed up um, with just one last year, but he's definitely a guy that shows that ability um, and will probably push for a spot on the two deep uh, right away this fall, just coming in with that experience that uh, he has from playing a ton as a, as a true freshman. Uh, and then the last piece that was brought in after uh, spring football, uh, Kobe Wilson, linebacker out of Temple. You know, I think um, some guys stepped up at linebacker this spring, but that's definitely a position that you felt still needed um, something else there. Uh, Wilson definitely brings that. You know, three years at Temple, played in 29 games, That's has over 100 tackles. Uh, for his career, you know, that's, that's big. Um, 
just guys that have played the position a lot because that's what SMU lacks, um, really. I mean, they brought in Ahmad Walker, who we'll talk about later, uh, but you know he's really the most experienced guy. You've got a true freshman that's going to fight for playing time. You've got a guy that's moved from safety that's going to fight for playing time. And then a couple guys who didn't get a ton of time last year uh, who will fight for playing time. And Wilson just adds that experience of being a guy that's uh, been on a college football field and been in a college program for a few years. Uh, He's played in this league uh, being up at Temple. And uh, some of that experience stuff are, are things you, you just can't replicate. Um, and, you know, again, a guy with that 2020 season, he's been in college for three years, still has two years uh, of eligibility. He's from uh, Georgia, a little outside of Atlanta, from Parkview. So he's one of the few guys uh, transferring in that really doesn't have a connection to the staff and isn't coming back to Texas. Uh, and I think that makes him a, a nice and interesting pickup. Uh, for this staff. Uh, so those are the nine uh, transfers. Well, actually, I skipped one. Uh, Isaac Pearson, uh, punter from Texas, uh, second year in a row. SMU has picked up a Australian uh, UT transfer at punter. Uh, based on what I can tell from his tweet and everything else, um, he will not be on scholarship this fall. Uh, and then we'll add that scholarship in the spring of 2024. Uh, but again, uh, with Ryan Buchevsky, who's the Australian uh, UT transfer punter uh, SMU picked up last year, he's got in his final year of eligibility. Uh, so this is a nice piece to bring in, um, have him be available uh, if you need him this fall, and then also kind of have your punter in waiting uh, for next season. Uh, So that is the group that uh, SMU has added since spring football ended. Uh, We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will rehash the guys that were added before spring, uh, all but two of which were here for spring football. This is the Pony Stampede Podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. We are breaking down the SMU football transfer class. We talked about the new additions uh, that have been committed and signed post-spring. Now we will talk about the guys uh, that were committed before spring. Uh, We will start with the two players who were not with the Mustangs this spring, though, as they finished up their degrees at their previous schools. Uh, both interior offensive linemen, starting with Ja'Kai Clark from Miami. Uh, obviously, the Miami connection, he played for Coach Garen Justice down there. For him, um, a true interior lineman, uh, he started at right guard as a true freshman, um, started at center um, in 2021 and 22. Uh, I believe he was at left guard in 20 as a sophomore. Um, So obviously a guy that can play any of those three interior line positions, a veteran guy who has played a lot of college football with a lot of starts um, as well. Um, 
So he's just a guy who's going to come in. He's going to know Garen Justice. He's going to know this Coach Lashley offense. Um, that's going to give him a leg up since he was not here this spring. Um, and just a guy, I think, um, could possibly uh, take the starting job away from Branson Hickman at center. A lot of that's going to depend on how uh, the rest of things shake out at guard. Um, obviously, Justin Osborne didn't go through spring football. Um, if he's healthy, I think he's a starting guard for you. If not, you might see Clark at one of the guard spots, keeping Hickman where he is at center. So that's going to kind of uh, come in there. And then also kind of a, a similar thing with Logan Parr coming from Texas. Um, spent three years in Austin. Um, was, you know, the number 32 recruit in the state of Texas in his class. He was the number 10 offensive guard. He's played center uh, in college, uh, was kind of a victim of the coaching change there uh, with the new offensive line coach kind of bringing in some of his guys, kind of doing some different things technique-wise. Uh, and what Garen Justice does is a little more of what he's familiar with, used to, and good at. Um, again, he'll have a little bit of a learning curve not being here this spring. Um, might see him in more of a backup uh, role to start off. Again, kind of depends on uh, the health of some guys. Uh, but I think, you know, you can see uh, Parr, Clark, Osborne as the guys kind of fighting for those guard spots, um, as well as the possibility um, of par or clark um also being a backup center option uh or even depending on how strong they come into fall camp uh being a starting center option the offensive line is going to be really really interesting this fall uh, i think in the spring you got a nice look at some of the new pieces um and everything but we'll get a real good sense of how things uh, will hash out this fall uh, once the full complement of offensive linemen are on campus. Then you have uh, Alex Padilla, uh, quarterback from Iowa. Um, this was um, kind of the perfect get at that position for the Mustangs. Um, you're not going to get a high-end transfer uh, when you've got the likes of Preston Stone, ready to come in and start. And Kevin Jennings is kind of your established backup after what he did last year for you as a true freshman. But what you get in Padilla is a stopgap um, so that you know your new true freshman and Keldrick Luster might not be thrown into those same situations uh, that uh, Jennings was last year, having to come in in the Tulsa game with Tanner out with the concussion and Preston Stone getting injured, and Jennings did again against Memphis. That was when Stone was out with his injury, and uh, Mordecai was injured before halftime. Uh, Kevin Jennings did great, uh, you know, did what he needed to do against Tulsa to hold on to that nice lead and win the game, um, and then led SMU on a 90-plus yard touchdown drive uh, against Memphis that they probably don't win that game without. But that's a scary situation, putting a true freshman 
into that role. Plus, there is no safety net behind them. You know, if something happens to him, you're looking at bringing in either one of your non-scholarship quarterbacks or bringing in uh, a position player who maybe played quarterback in high school but hasn't taken any college reps at it. So what that does is he gives you your fourth uh, fourth scholarship quarterback on the roster. Um, he gives you a little bit of a safety net. He also gives you a guy that's, uh, you know, spent four years at Iowa uh, playing in the Big Ten. He started three games in 2021. Yes, the offense is different. Yes, he'll have that learning curve there, but it's nice to have a guy like that uh, who's maybe been through the fires uh, a little more than anybody on this roster uh, has, even with Preston being in his third year. Um, you know, Padilla's played uh, in 13 games with three starts. That's more games played and more starts than any quarterback on this roster. Uh, so just a nice little, nice get for this group, and I think he adds something to that that room in that way. Uh, then you've got Romello Brinson, a wide receiver from Miami, uh, played two years uh, for the Hurricanes. Obviously his first season in 2021, played for Coach Rob Likens. Um, you know, it was a he was a four-star recruit um, across the board, number 24 receiver nationally, um, a guy uh, that came in with a lot of hype and maybe didn't quite live up to it early on in his career. Of course, he was young, and all of that has now a change. I thought out of especially the new players brought in, uh, but maybe even out of everybody, um, had the biggest growth during spring football. Early on, you were kind of wondering what he would add, where he would kind of fit in, but man, by the end of spring practice, he was making play after play, he made some ridiculous catches, um, he's got that big playability. He's got that big catch ability. Uh, he's got that ability to uh, a just big catch radius that if you get it near him, uh, he's going to find a way to get it in his hands and come down with it um, in a very deep receiver room. I think he showed that he can be a, a valuable asset to this team on the field uh, this season. Um Another cornerback, you've got Jalen Davis Robinson from uh, LSU. Uh, played in three games there, so he has four years of eligibility left. Um, was a four-star recruit, uh, great athlete, tons and tons of speed. Um, I think for him, he probably got away with not doing things uh, as technically sound and, and the like because of his speed. Um, and I think uh, for the college game, he's going to have to learn to play the position a little bit better. Um, but I think he's a guy that uh, adds some, some nice depth um, and can develop uh, a little bit more uh, under this coaching staff and under Coach Hunley uh, and really turn into a really, really, really good player. Has good size at 6'1". And like I said, uh, just a... a fast athletic guy uh, out on the defensive edge um, another transfer who will have four years of eligibility uh, PJ Williams offensive lineman from Texas A&M uh, 6'5 300 pounds um, you know a lot uh, a lot of stuff about his off the field issues at Texas A&M um, it was a statement from his attorney uh, 
saying that those legal issues had been handled and were taken care of that really announced his commitment to SMU. Um, you know, but another guy uh, who's going to play tackle, who's got big size, who's going to be able to develop. Um, you know, he also played basketball at Dickinson. Um, so he's an athletic guy, even for his size. He got a chance to take some first team reps um, when Hiron White was out uh, with the birth of his uh, child. And so uh, got a chance to see that a little bit. Um, he's a guy that I think with Caleb Johnson gives you some depth at the tackle positions with some true tackles. Um, and a guy, again, four years to be excited about not just what he can do for you now, but his development and what he can continue to do for this team over the next handful of years. Um, and then going into a guy who uh, has one year left, um, Chris Meganson from Liberty. Um, you know, he comes over, has been coached by uh, Scott Simons and Ricky Hunley, um, has four years of college under his belt. And I mean, there's 2019 as a true freshman, played in all 13 games. 2020, started all 11 games. 21, played in 13 games with 10 starts. Last year, started all 12 games played. So again, you're adding a cornerback here that has a ton of college experience, that is maybe a little more refined, that is more of a plug-and-play guy that you can... Uh, put on the field right away and trust he knows the defensive system um and you know when you've played in over 40 college games with over 30 starts um you've been on the field you've been through it um he's a guy that i think will compete for one of those starting jobs uh at the cornerback spot uh and just a nice nice piece uh, for a year while you maybe develop some of those younger guys that you've brought in. Uh, the second Texas A&M transfer, LJ Johnson, running back uh, out of Cypher. Uh This is a big one, you know, uh, rushed for over 4,300 yards in high school. Um, spent two years at A&M, redshirted one, so he'll have three years of eligibility. 5'10", 210. He seems kind of that big bruising back, but he's he's got some flash to him. He's got some speed. He can hit the accelerator. He can hit the hole. He can make that cut uh, to hit the hole. Um, he's a guy that just hasn't been in the SMU backfield for a few years, uh, and SMU picked up another one that we'll get to later. Um, but, you know, the, the big playability out of the backfield just wasn't there last year. Uh, and really the year before that, to an extent. Um, injuries hurt uh, last year, and obviously Tyler Levine stepped up uh, in just a massive way for this team out of the backfield. But this is just a different element uh, that L.J. Johnson brings. Um, and I think it's it's going to make a, make things look a, a lot nicer um, in that run game uh, than maybe it has in the last couple years. Uh, another Liberty guy who's a, a Scott Simons guy and a Mod Walker uh, linebacker. This was a huge get, and you saw it from day one in the spring. Um, 
you know, only two years of college football, but he's played in 23 games. He started 14, um, worked his way into the starting lineup uh, for Simons at Liberty as a true freshman. Um, uh, he's a guy that they really needed to bring in uh, with what they lost at the linebacker spot and just a lot of inexperience that they were bringing back. Um, he can kind of quarterback that defense. You know, he's a guy that even new linebacker coach Maurice Crum said that he would turn to uh, to make sure he was uh, getting uh, some stuff right uh, for linebackers in this defense. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, he's a guy that's that's hungry to keep playing at a high level, wants to keep getting better. Um, and I think you saw that in the spring. I think you'll continue to see that in the fall. Uh, he's a guy who's probably a day one starter for me uh, out of this transfer class and uh, is exactly the kind of guy that they uh, needed to bring in at a, at a big position of need uh, this offseason. Uh, this is a fun one. I like Cale Sanders Jr., also goes by C.J., um, the, the thing that's fun for me, they list him as a defensive back on the roster. Everybody else is either a cornerback or a safety. Uh, I think that shows you his versatility. He comes from Fresno State where he played in 26 games with 13 starts over two seasons. Um, you know, a guy that I think can play uh, in any of the defensive secondary spots, really, Um I think he fits uh, well into that nickel slot. I think he can do a lot of things for you. Um, I think he's a guy that's played a lot of college football um, again and has a couple years for you. I don't know if he earns a starting spot just based on seeing some things this spring, what they have, what they've brought back, what they've brought in from some guys. Uh, but he's definitely one of those guys that's going to be first off the bench uh, making some of those uh, when you're making those substitutions and keeping guys fresh. And he's certainly a guy that you're not going to necessarily see that drop off when you go from the ones to the twos. Uh, he's going to bring it uh, for you. And that's a big thing that this defense lacked last year. I think there was some quality in the ones. Uh, and then there was uh, a somewhat significant drop-off uh, either when they had to come off the field or because they didn't come off the field uh, that they were just out there way too long uh, and kind of worn down by the end of games and by the end of, se of the season. Uh, Sanders is a guy that uh, I think comes in, is going to play for you right away uh, in what role that'll probably be hashed out in the fall, uh, fall camp, but uh, He's a guy that you've got to like uh, having there as, as a nice piece to that defensive secondary. And then you've got big Hiron White, 6'7", 330, transfer from Missouri, uh, played his high school football in DeSoto, was on that team when they won the, national, when they won the state title in 2016. He has been in college for a long time. Um, and just a guy that uh, he's been through some injury stuff. You know, in 2017, he redshirted as a true freshman, played in 
19 games uh, with a couple starts over the next two seasons, but then doesn't play uh, the whole 2022, or excuse me, the 2020 season. Comes back 2021, starts all 11 games uh, for the Tigers that season, then doesn't play last year. Um, he's going to be your starting right tackle. Uh, he's just a behemoth of a man. Uh, one of the best things uh, in talking to Preston Stone early in the spring, he said in one of his first interactions with Hyron White, uh, Hyron kind of turned to him and said, they're not going to touch you. Uh, so that's quite an impression to make on your starting quarterback. Uh, and then he backs it up with his play. Um, just a massive guy that can, uh, when healthy, which he seems to be, can move pretty well on that right tackle uh, edge for you. And a guy who's going to come in, you know, he's another one of those kind of plug-and-play guys, I think, that you know has one year left, uh, wants to show that he can do it and stay healthy for a full season, uh, and comes in and really is a is a plus for this offensive line this season. Then we have our run of Miami players, uh, starting with receiver Keyshawn Smith. Uh, spent three seasons at Miami, the first two with Coach Likens and Coach Lashley. Um, has been a big play guy. Um, was a high three-star recruit out of uh, Lincoln High in San Diego, California. Um, this was a nice pickup, uh, especially early in the transfer portal uh, at that wide receiver position that you just lost so much quality and so much production uh, in Rasheed Rice. Um, and Keyshawn's a guy that can come in and can help uh, pick a lot of that up for you. Um, he's just, he, he can make plays. Um, he had some drops this spring that I think looked uncharacteristic of him. I don't think that that's really been a problem for him. Um, but it'll be nice to see if, uh, he can have a little bit of a cleaner fall, uh, for a wide receiver room that has gotten a whole lot deeper and more talented. Then also from Miami, you have Jordan Miller on the defensive line. And this guy was fun to watch in the spring. 6'3", 315 pounds. He is a true defensive tackle. He is a plug in the middle. He's a disruptor in the middle. Um, on run plays, he just blocks that hole that just doesn't give a running back place to go. Um, on passing plays, he moves the offensive line and moves that point of attack. Uh, he's a guy who's almost always going to require, I mean, maybe not a double team, but certainly he's going to be a guy that opposing offensive lines are going to have to worry about. And just a guy that looks the part, that looks like something that this defensive line hasn't necessarily had. And again, another veteran guy. He spent five years at Miami. He redshirted as a true freshman playing in one game. Then, you know, for the, the rest of his four years, played in 47 games. So he's got 48 college games under his belt. Uh, he started a couple games in 2020. Um, this is really his chance to be the guy uh, that he didn't really get at Miami. 
Um, and I think he's ready to to really take that role and run with it. And man, uh, he's he's a difference maker on that defensive line. That's gonna allow the other guys around him to do a lot more than they've been able to do in the past. And one of those guys is his fellow Miami transfer defensive lineman Elijah Roberts, who, when you look at six four two seventy five, you uh, kind of assume he's going to be an interior guy, but he's not. He plays on the edge, and he uh, he uses his size well. He can get off the the line. He can uh, push back into the quarterback. Um, you know, he's another guy. Uh, played in a little over twenty games over three years at Miami. One start. You know, this is again a chance for him to uh, come out and really show what he can do uh, when given an opportunity. I think he's going to have a chance uh, to be the starter on that on that defensive end side um, and really make a difference there uh, for this group to have that size coming off the edge because um, that's something that SMU hasn't had. You know, you look at the guys that were playing on the ends last year and you know, Isaiah Smith and Jalen Samuels, who are kind of tall, lanky guys. Uh, you know, even a guy like uh, Nelson Paul that's going to come in at 6'2", 230, um, isn't that 6'4", 275 uh, that they'll bring on the edge uh, from one side. So I think that that's a, another guy that's going to come in and have an instant impact. This defensive line is going to look so different this year. Uh, it's going to be so much better this year. Uh, from depth, from talent, uh, to being able to do some different things, to being able to do what I think uh, Coach Thibodeau wants the defensive line to do, uh, and that's going to allow uh, defensive coordinator Scott Simons to call games differently uh, and do a lot more based on what this defensive line is able to do. Uh, Roberts and Miller are a massive, massive part of that. And then the last piece of that, uh, Miami burst that SMU had early in the transfer portal. Jalen Knighton running back um, again. Playmaker, big playmaker. Um, a guy who, uh, you know, a, a handoff isn't, you're not going to get three yards every time. You're, you're going to get those bursts. You're going to get those big plays. He's going to get to the edge. But he's also going to run over a defender on his way, um, you know, to be 5'10 and 180 um, and have the speed that he has. Uh, he's still not afraid to play the physical game. Uh, Jalen and LJ Johnson are going to be a fun, fun one-two punch in that backfield. Um, you hope Kamar Wheaton is healthy because, man, you're talking about three guys that were uh, in the top 10 running back nationally in their classes uh, Kamar and LJ were both the number one running back in the state of Texas in their recruiting classes. You know, when you talk about the Pony Express being back, those three guys are going to have to lead it. Um, and those are three, you know, transfer running backs from the last two years. Uh, and and I think what Jalen brings you along with LJ is, is going to be something special. You saw flashes of it in the spring. Um you know, obviously, uh, hope to see more, uh, kind of, uh, polished, uh, in this offense in the fall. Uh, but again, this running game is going to look very different than it did a year ago. And then you've got your two, 
defensive back, Dallas boys coming home, uh, Jonathan McGill, uh, you know, spent four years at Stanford, was a team captain at Stanford. Um, he missed all but the last two games of the 21 season with an injury. Um, comes back, starts all 12 games for them last year, was number two on the team in tackles. Man, what this guy brings you is special whether it's on the field and watching him make plays, whether it's seeing him interact with his teammates, whether it's listening to the coaches talk about him or talking to him. You know, he was the guy on day one of spring practice that we talked to, and it was pretty apparent that uh, that he's a different kind of, of football player. He's a guy that's going to help bring up his teammates. Um, you know, he was a leader from day one. He's a guy that is constantly... Uh, with his coaches trying to get better. Uh, he's a guy I expect to be named a team captain uh, for this group this year. Um, just a special player uh, that they got to, to come back home. And uh, I think he uh, has a, a safety starting spot. And I think he's, uh, he's really your, your leader on that defensive side of the ball. And that's special to bring in a guy um, – and not just in his first year to be able to do that, but almost kind of from day one to be able to do that uh, shows you the kind of special player in person uh, Jonathan McGill is. And then in Charles Woods, you've got a player, um, again, played a lot of college football. Uh, he's going to be a starter at one of your cornerback spots wherever they decide to put him. Uh, Dallas kid from Kimball High. SMU thought they had him. He started his career at Illinois State. SMU thought they had him when he was transferring from there. Ended up at West Virginia. Um, came into last season as an all preseason Big 12 guy, but only played in, in four games with three starts. Had some injuries and some uh, some things uh, there uh, that left him uh, not playing the full season. So uh, that is SMU's gain as they get him for this year and is just going to be a guy, again, played a ton of college football, played at a high level, um, and is a guy that really solidifies a starting spot in that cornerback room that now has a good bit of depth, has a decent amount of experience, but he probably brings in the most and uh, is a guy that makes that defense uh, really special. Um, we're going to get into some other numbers when we come back. Um, again, this is the Pony Stampede Podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. We have gone through all 26 transfers for this class from SMU. Uh, Going to get into some numbers a little bit that you've been seeing pop up on 24-7. Um, SMU, uh, obviously the number 12 transfer class in the country that is good for number one in the American Athletic Conference and is the top team in all group of five. Actually, SMU would be number one in the Big Ten, number two in the Big 12, number four in the PAC and the ACC, and number five in the SEC with this transfer class. Eight of these transfers were four-star recruits coming out of high school. 
Uh, obviously, the big one is Jordan Hudson, who was the number 25 transfer in the top 24-7. You also have running back LJ Johnson Jr., who was number 102 and the number 8 running back. And uh, offensive lineman Ja'Kai Clark, um, who comes in at number 222. Uh, Clark and the kind of bottom end of that top 24-7 have transfer ratings of 89. Um, SMU had four other players uh, with 89 ratings that did not make the list, and that is Jalen Knighton, Charles Woods, Hyron White, and P.J. Williams. Um, of course, SMU did also have an outgoing player on the list as Tanner Mordecai, now at Wisconsin, uh, came in at number 67 on the list and the number 7 quarterback. Also, 24-7 uh, has been having teams break down uh, the roster and what percentage of players are new from the transfer portal and from the freshman class. With 25 scholarship transfers, that is 29.4% of the scholarship roster. That's a lot of new faces. Uh, but like I said, you've got some guys who are going to start right away. You've got some guys who are going to be on the two deep right away. And then you've got some guys that are going to be some depth pieces and some long-term guys uh, with a lot of time um, on the SME roster. Uh, with the 25 scholarship uh, transfers and your 15 uh, freshmen, uh, 16, excuse me, uh, freshman recruiting class, you've got 41 new players. That is 48.2% of the scholarship roster. It's a big turnover, but I think you've got a lot of guys that have connections to this coaching staff. Um, you know, in the Miami guys, uh, in the Liberty guys, uh, and some other pieces here and there um, where guys kind of come in uh, with a leg up. You've also got some guys that have four years that are going to be some depth pieces. Um, you know, I think this class kind of hits everything that they really needed to hit. You got big time playmakers uh, that are just top guys that you've got to get if you can get a la Jordan Hudson, a la LJ Johnson. Um, you know, you've got your guys that are going to come in, you know, Charles Woods and, and Jonathan McGill, who are just leaders in that defensive secondary that you need that, uh, you know, has still been a weak spot for this, this team and this defense. You've got game changers on the defensive line in Elijah Roberts and Jordan Miller uh, that just, transform what that does you've got offensive line guys like a Hyron white who's going to come in and play right away i think jakai clark comes in and plays right away you just don't necessarily knows know where that is then you've got you know caleb johnson pj williams logan parr who are all going to be good for you uh, when you figure out where they fit into uh, this roster and this depth chart um it's just, it's a truly amazing transfer class um, that you've got to give Coach Lashley, Coach Simons, Coach Woods as your head coach and coordinators a ton of credit. You got to give your assistants credit because, you know, without Rob Likens, you probably don't bring in the Miami receivers. Without Garen Justice, you probably don't bring in some of these offensive linemen. 
uh, and the list goes on. Calvin Thibodeau uh, with Roberson, you know, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Again, you've got Alex Brown, uh, who leads the uh, kind of behind-the-scenes recruiting uh, staff, uh, and what he and his staff has done has been really special uh, as they kind of navigate the new world of the transfer portal and everything that it entails. Um, but, I mean, those are the 26 guys that you bring in from the transfer portal. Um, all 26 are big in their own ways. Obviously, some are going to be bigger uh, and have a bigger impact right away. Um, other guys are going to be guys who you're going to see down the road step up, uh, and other guys are just going to be some stop gaps and, and depth pieces that you need to have to be a really good college football team. Uh, if all you are is you're too deep, you can be a pretty good team, uh, but if you go beyond that too deep, uh, you can be a really good to great football team, and that's uh, where this group wants to be i know it was a long one that was a lot to get through uh it's been a while uh but continue to check ponystampede.com 24 7 sports uh we will have a ton of stuff as you know official visits get underway uh talking to recruits as they go to camps and everything this summer uh you know you hope that some commitments start coming in uh here to build on that two-player uh, 2024 class as it stands right now uh, and we have you all covered for all things SMU football at ponystampede.com uh, with 24-7 sports until next time